0: What is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. What is up, guys? Glad to be back for another episode. Uh, Today with me, I have two guests. Uh, Returning with me is J.D. Wyatt, and for the first time ever, Shane Wyatt is going to be on the show. How's it going, Shane?
1: Doing good. Thanks for the invite, Tony.
0: Hell yeah. always wanted to have you on. It's finally happening. Let's go. So let's just kick it off here. Uh we were at we were all at the Penn State Maryland game. Uh, your guys' first thoughts of the game last Saturday. Shane, start with
1: you. Well, obviously you played in your competition. I thought, you know, we cleaned up a lot of things. Uh got a little bit more creative. We've been really vanilla, you know, even out in Columbus. I, I was expecting a few twists there, surprises. We never saw that a few weeks ago in Columbus. And then, you know, the whole Indiana game, uh, which, you know, we gave up two long passes, but a lot of people don't know what happened there. Uh, we had to change our signals because of this whole Michigan episode, which we'll talk about later, I believe you said, Tony. So mm-hmm. we, we had... Uh, A corner blitz both times with the safety rolling over into a cover three. But since we changed the signs, the safeties got screwed up on the new signals. So if you remember, one play was like 89, 90 yards. Mm -hmm. The other one was like 69, 70 yards. So... Two plays, they have, what, 160 yards. Yeah, and two scores. Yeah, and two scores. So it all goes back to the whole Michigan (laughs) scandal, us having to change our defensive signals. So obviously we played great on defense. Uh, You know, we probably only give up one touchdown. You know, we're sitting there fourth and 21. I looked over and said, Liam's in the game. And guess what he did? He demolished a punter fourth and 21 they go down and score but offense looked tremendous yeah it did drew played great uh missed a couple long passes but the one to Cephas in the end zone was perfect touch right in front of us yes it was, it was. beautiful what he had four touchdowns and uh just i'm excited i i just don't want james to go vanilla this week he tends to get conservative in big games mm-hmm. uh i think I think we need to really, really come out with some twists, bow in the the bow package, and some other things. So hopefully the receivers come to life again like they did last week. But game was awesome, and, you know, we can talk about the whole weekend later. Yeah, that's, that's an
0: episode for itself right there. Uh, but we had a great time. How about you, J.D.? What did you think of the game?
1: Um, you know, Dad
2: touched on a lot of the big points, I think, Um You know, definitely looked like our offense was a little bit more fundamental than it had been in previous games. I think one big stat a lot of people haven't really touched on much is Drew Alar four rushes for almost 40 yards. In in pretty big key point of the games, you know, he saw the pressure. He didn't find a guy open. He took the ball and tucked it. And, I mean, there's times in the past, especially Ohio State, you know, if Drew would have done that, he could have kept more drives alive. And I just like seeing that out of him because – People don't really understand he can be a threat with his legs. Mm-hmm. I know he's not the fastest guy, but he's big. He's a hard runner. And it was nice to see that. And then, you know, kind of getting away from the vanilla offense, that second touchdown, bringing Predula in, mm-hmm. kind of running kind of like a makeshift wildcat where we take attention one way. Give it back to Alar, and Alar completes that shovel pass. Was it to Warren, I believe, for the touchdown?
0: It was Warner Johnson, one of the two tight ends. It was one of
2: the tight ends, but yeah, I mean, where has that play calling been? We've never seen something like that all season. It was just, you know, nice to know we do have some tricks up our sleeves like that. Um, We tried to do the double pass again. That time it didn't really work, but... It was a lot better than, um, you know, what happened at Ohio State. So, <laughs> yeah. At least he got the ball off.
0: Yep. Yeah, my first uh, initial thoughts after the Penn State-Maryland game was, much like you guys already elaborated on, was they weren't vanilla. They were creative on offense. And they took shots, you know, they weren't just check down passes. They took shots down the field. They um, utilized the middle of the field. Um Not just with their tight ends, but they used uh, Kyandre Lambert-Smith. He caught a big one over the middle for about a 30, 35-yard gain. And, you know, it's just mixing it up and creating some variety on offense where, you know, you're expecting a tight end down the seam in the middle. You're not expecting Kyandre Lambert-Smith doing the same thing in the middle. You know what I mean? So it's just that variety, and it makes the other team start to guess um, because I feel like Penn State, like you elaborated on, Shane, they're always... To vanilla when they're playing against the tougher opponents like Ohio State, and Michigan. If they can continue to play like that and develop a game plan that um, that allows their big tight ends and their you know speedy receivers to um, you know create them, get them in space, utilize them in a way that you know you're not expecting them to. Uh, that's going to be a very big key going into uh, the Saturday noon kickoff. Which by the way, I hate how. This coming week's a noon kickoff. Uh, Fox Sports just completely ruined it. It should be no worse than a three thirty game.
2: Yeah, money coming into the sports dictates a lot of stuff, Tony. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the noon kickoff. It's not, you know, the true Beaver Stadium, State College, you know, mm-hmm. atmosphere as it would be for a 330 or 730 kickoff. So I mean, we'll have to see. Obviously, Franklin will have to get the boys ready to come out and play next week. So, yep. Well, I guess this upcoming week.
0: Yeah. Did you see, though, Franklin during his press conference, he made a, a statement about how, like, he expects an even bigger atmosphere because all the people coming to the State College be drinking their Dunkin' coffees and getting sugar rush off their Dunkin' donuts and everything, throwing that little sponsor and they're like a NASCAR Cup driver. I hope he <laughs> has his
2: Dunkin' uh, Saturday morning ready to come <laughs> yeah. out with a little bit of fire and not play flat-footed. So.
0: Yeah. So, um heading to get head into the Michigan game. What are you wanting, wanting to see versus what you're expecting to see?
1: Well, I hope we've established Allen as our go-to back. Uh, Singleton just, I think he's got bigger and slower. He just don't have the step he did last year. And too much of the time, we try to keep everybody happy. We say, uh, this is Allen's series. This is Singleton series, where I think when we need to go between tackles and get that one or two yard, Allen needs to be in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see them go to that double back set more often with both of them. But last week, you know, Katron had 14 carries, 91 yards. Nick had eight carries, 20 yards. So, yeah. And it was like JD said, that little... Twists with drew talking it and going you know that that plays big so and then throw bow in there a few Mm -hmm. plays keep them guessing and uh have some wrinkles but uh last year i remember that game i was down south watching it we just couldn't stop the run i don't think michigan has that rush offense they had last year I think we're much better defense. They are very good defense. So yeah. we're gonna have a challenge there and let's hope we get Chop back. Yeah. Chop's gonna be key uh next week. Uh I think we'll see Chop in the lineup. So we gotta get him back. But I'm excited. I wish it was a three thirty game, but mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna pull out early, six fifteen, get the motorhome home park. Oh yeah. And, have some breakfast and some soup in the afternoon but i'm i'm ready for michigan i think the atmosphere <laughs> it's going to be interesting with this whole uh sign signal episode when uh the blue from ann arbor comes into state college saturday
0: how about you Jeannie? what are you expecting versus what you know ultimately's going to happen
2: so, I think the way Penn State wins this game is to find a way to, and I mean, obviously, you know, this is kind of a cliche statement to make, but it's obvious. You know, the offense has to have sustainable drives. They have to stay out there on the field. They have to hold time and possession. You know, if Michigan's going to get the ball, if they got a score, they have to be quick scores. I feel like that's the best way for us to win. That's our best secret to success there is those long, you know, sustainable drives. Uh, kind of like Dad alluded to, you know, our defense is a lot better than last year. Uh Chop Robinson, you know, he was a full participant pre-game at Maryland. I don't think they ever intended him to play, but it's yeah. good to see, you know, at least he's with the team. Unlike, you know, when we played what was it, Indiana two weeks past, he didn't even show up. No. So it was um, you know, nice to see him there. And I understand, you know, he's from that area of Maryland. He has a lot of family and everyone down there. It was tough for him not playing that game, but I think the defense stepped up and kind of played for him, and obviously it showed by the final score. But yeah, like I said, Need to see Drew out there. Need to see him using his feet, making smart play calls. i like to see more wrinkles, maybe with Bo Perdula coming in. Possibly, you know, making Drew go out wide side. Maybe do a double pass that way to Drew. Have him throw back side. But just want to see the creativity. And, um, you know, hopefully we can control the game and come out with a W. I was
0: just going to say, you know, they gave up over 300 rushing yards last year to Michigan. Mm -hmm. Last week, they had – uh, they allowed Maryland minus forty nine rushing yards. Yeah, that is an absolute insane stat. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is especially with their quarterback Maryland has. Mm-hmm. But, to yeah. his brother, and yeah. it just
2: seems like though Talia just can't play against good teams though. Yeah. I mean it's every year it seems like you know since he's been the starter Maryland starts off five and zero they're hot everyone's like well why is no one giving Maryland attention and mm-hmm. then Maryland plays Ohio State and they end up six and six seven and five okay yeah. it's just I feel like it's a record on repeat, but yeah, it was, you know, a huge W for the defense last week, negative rushing yards. I really feel like Maryland didn't even try to run the ball that much. Um, Mostly, you know, just coming from sacks, getting, getting on the guy. We had what, five, six sacks? on Saturday. So another excellent showing out of the defense. I mean, they're averaging probably six sacks a game right now at this point. So Mm -hmm. pretty impressive things that Manny Diaz is doing, you know, with that defense.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, shoot, I just had a question here. Oh, yeah, so going back to Nicholas Singleton, Shane, I know you said about how he's you know, maybe bulked up a little bit, gained some weight, and he's slower. Do you think another aspect of that is the coach is telling him, you know, hey, we want you to go where the run is designed to go. We don't want you to bounce it to the outside. Now, I have a hard time believing that a co- that the coaching staff would tell your explosive back to, Not try to bounce at the outside, but is there anything there of coaching you see? Yeah,
1: I mean he I don't know how many times he's just that one step away, he gets tripped up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where last year I think when you're a thoroughbred like him, he's just got he's not as fast. Yeah. So you're you're not gonna tell a kid like that, you know, that's instincts when you cut it to the outside. But he he just don't have that step. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk. Does one of them transfer? I even heard people say, thinking they both will, but there may be one. Okay. I mean, that's the state of college football. And if you're recruiting good, you've got the next man up that's coming in. we got a good running back. But, you know, right now we we got to lean on Allen more. I think he's mm-hmm. our guy. And, uh, you know, if you look at their stats for the year uh, – Catron, I think, may be close 700 yards. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he uh, he's uh, 573 yards this year, 119 carries. Last year, he had 867. And Singleton, you know, last year had over a 1,000. Mm-hmm. And I think the last I saw, he was in that... 480 range, 121 carries, so pretty even, and 480. But you know there was expectations both those guys, uh, especially
0: with the supposed you know best offensive line Franklin's ever had yet Yeah, two.
1: with the you know we had the issues with the sanctions and the COVID, so it takes a lot to build it back up. But yeah, you have to be disappointed there a little bit. But you know I think we got to to beat Michigan. You got to. Put Allen in there, like J.D. said the bow. Our best weapon are our two tight ends. Uh, number one's playing good. It was good to see uh, Cephas last week. Yes, yes Finally. it was. Made
0: a couple big plays. I have Eight. a come out game. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, so. it's been
2: kind of like that back burner guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's been getting this dirty, you know, four targets, two receptions a game. It was nice to see him. And I think it was all that first touchdown pass he made, you know, initially called incomplete. They reviewed it. He made a hell of a play. Drew put a great ball Mm -hmm. on him. And it's, you know, just something like that sparked the confidence a little bit. Maybe you make a cut a little bit quicker. um, Try a little bit harder for a ball that you might not think you get. But I think that's all it takes. And hopefully, you know, you can kind of continues with the hot foot moving forward into the, you know, upcoming
1: games. Yeah, and I don't think, like like we said earlier, we're not going to see – Michigan run for 300 yards? No. Not No,
0: that's not happening.
1: I I don't see them running the ball. Like, the other night, I think I was watching. Well, as
2: long as the defense changed up the hand signals,
1: I think we'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. So, their their leading rusher now is Quorum. You know, he has 649 yards. Mm -hmm. I don't think Edwards has had a touchdown until last week. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I think I saw that on the game or something. Oh, wow. You know, Corum's our go-to guy. Uh, McCarty's playing well. Um, he was a
0: Heisman favorite there in the early part of the season. Yeah, yeah. when
1: they
2: were playing Sister Gina Mary's, cool he was. <laughs> but, I mean, but
1: here's an interesting <laughs> stat McCarty has 2,100 yards, Drew has 1,895. But let's look at touchdown interceptions. What do you think? Uh, JJ has price 18 to 5. 18 to 3. Drew, okay. Drew's twenty to one. Twenty to one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he's not turning the ball over, which is, yeah. you know, it obviously uh bodes well for their elite defense. Hey, just don't turn the ball over. Much like we see from the Steelers. You know, they ask Kenny Pickett to Not turn the ball over, let the defense win games, and uh,
1: we have two offensive turnovers all year. One was a fumble reception, number five. Harrison Wallace, I remember he he got a first down and turned it on field. It came out and some interception. It was raining that game, so that's amazing. So, and the weather is going to be great this weekend. Yeah, high fifties, I believe. Yep, it's going to be great. So,
0: no excuses, no excuses. So before we get into our predictions for the game here, I know on the car ride back from the Penn State Maryland game, we were talking a little bit about Franklin and everything. Is there if Franklin not only loses this game, but he loses a bad, much like uh, they lost you know last year in Michigan bad? Is is there is the AD in his mind go? I might need to bite the bullet here and start looking at another coach, or or is there no way in hell that you know, regardless of the outcome of the game or how bad it is? Franklin's gonna be there next year and for the next
1: you know five Fra- six Franklin's years. Franklin's not going. With Kraft being here, is uh, is this his first year? Or second? First year. First year is full ad. F- first full year. Uh, you know it's tough. I joked the other day. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State lose a game, you want to fire the coach, just like LSU. You know <laughs> or Bama. You yeah, know so Africa, I, we'll Franklin beat. does all the th- other things right. You know. Graduation, for the most part, kids aren't getting in je- in trouble. Uh, great recruiter, I think. I think what we need to do, we got to really look. I'm not trying to be a Monday morning quarterback, but do we have the right offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody comments on Moorhead versus the guy that came in from Minnesota, Minnesota for one year, yeah, and versus. The current staff. So, you know, who do you get other than Franklin if you want to go out? You know, we're paying James $8 million. He has a pretty nice buyout to protect him. Mm -hmm. So, it's going to take some money. Who do you go get? You know, that would be my question back to you two. I, I don't think James is going anywhere. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to win. The The uh, Big Ten is going to get tougher. You know, next year's a totally different story with the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, we win Saturday. Who knows what happens in a few weeks up in Ann Arbor? Yep. Uh, the tiebreaker we discussed this weekend is the West Conference. Right now, we get the nudge. Yes, we do, by because we play Iowa. Yep, by yep. one win. So, so we, right now, with the teams we play, I think they have eight wins. The other group's at seven, and some people have forecasted. But that that whole side's crazy. Hell, Wisconsin loses when you don't expect it. Yep. So anything's possible over there. But Franklin's not going anywhere. You know, I was pretty sad, upset at Ohio State. Just disappointed on how vanilla that game was. I joked how I could work my sixty hours a week, <laughs> gumped State College for a few hours. And seriously, you know, we don't drop that punt. You know, that kid, he doesn't fair catch it at the fifty. It rolls to the twenty. There was three points on that drive, I believe. And then. The big turning point is 7.22 left. We try to go for it. So it's just disappointing. And then some of the play calls. We tried to run, what, a flea flicker, receiver pass three times in that game. Yep. We talked about this last week. Two guys were basically holding hands in the same spot. Yeah. Runs it to the short side of the field. We even tried it on a two-point conversion, Mm -hmm. for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And then one other time, I think he tucked it and didn't even throw it. But, but last week the play was open mm-hmm. and he even don't ever, complete the he pass. He, he, under- said, and he even he, said on me, he gave "On me, people. yep." Uh, so we're trying to get him a pass completion issue this, this year, but uh, Franklin's not going anywhere.
0: I'm about to ask you, JD. You know, how much longer do you put up with this? Like, you know. Again, let's let's just say they lose to Michigan this year. Again, they lose to the you know the top two teams in the East. Again, this this how much longer do you put up with it until you say kind of like Georgia did? I know we talked about this last week. like when is enough enough before you finally move on?
2: You know, and like I answered to you last week, Tony, I still think you got to ride a out until you see what happens with the change in the playoff system. I think once they allow twelve teams in, I mean. If we look at that from the creation of the college football playoffs till now, Penn State would have been in the college football playoffs every year but one year, and that was the COVID, COVID year. year. Yeah, which you don't they, count that exactly. Year. Which they even skipped bowl eligibility that yep. year. Yeah. So it was. I still think you got to let that ride out and give it a chance. I think you know, come December football, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, honestly, I'm. I hate to say, you know, I'm complacent, but I'm not mad if we have two losses a season and ten wins. Yeah. I mean, that's still a W. You're going to get recruits in. You're going to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. I understand it's frustrating for us, but, I mean, you also got to look at it as, you know, Ohio State has been a top-four team probably since 2016 Um, in Michigan. You know, I know they found recent success the last couple years, albeit if there was some shady shit going on or not. But, I mean, honestly, you know, when – Franklin was playing Michigan before the 2000s, we were beating them pretty well. So it's more so as we're losing to Ohio State, which, yeah. you want to throw Paterno in there too, Mr. you know, Walks on water. <laughs> he didn't have a good record against Ohio State. I think in total, in the all-time we've played Ohio State, we have eight total wins against them, so they're like... 20-some wins. We played them 30-some
1: times. You, wow. you guys are a little young, but Joe would always build a team for that run every four years. If you go back and look, he he put the naysayers uh, uh, behind closed doors, but he would roll in. But Joe had – college football was totally different. I understand yeah. it was completely different. A lot more money, and but who do you go get? Well, you know, see, I keep saying, who do you go get? That's my,
0: you, my thing, though, like – I know we're talking. I'm not going to talk NFL here, but who was Nick Sirianni before he came this uh, uh, Eagles head coach? How? Who in the hell was Mike Tomlin before he became the Steelers coach? So it's it's just you don't you don't know really in that sort of you know in that aspect. You know what I mean? There's always these coaches who turn out to be awesome, but you never heard of them. Like I said, Sirianni um, went to IEP for crying out loud. No one could ever predict that, and that's just my thing. It's just it's you know I, I understand. You know Franklin has had done a hell of a job building this. Uh, um, program up from what 2014 when he came in the sanctions everything until now he's done a hell of a job but it just seems like we're just stuck between a rock and a hard place here where you know yeah you're not gonna do any worse than you know eight nine wins but your your ceiling is ten wins and a and a bowl and a New
1: Year's six game okay a lot of talk the last few years about Georgia mm-hmm. you know what did uh, how did Georgia change their program around they went out found a coach but also the investment mm-hmm. you know to get these five stars we we don't bring in a lot of five stars we, we're lucky to bring in one in a class why is so, that
0: i thought franklin was the, a good recruiter it, why is that
1: it's it's the accommodations you know the money at what they're doing at some of these facilities Uh, To appease to the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You go into these football facilities that they show you, Georgia. How do you get, the generations are different. You know, I tell you, you guys love computers. You like the games and that. Mm -hmm. It's totally different from when I played to today of what will attract, you know, an 18-year-old, 19-year-old out of uh, high school. So you got to throw the money. The big organizations have made that commitment from the top. How many years have we been talking about changing Beaver Stadium around? Years. How many studies? You're in an engineering group. How Mm -hmm. many different engineering studies have they done? So they've thrown some band-aids on the issues. And uh, I think Kraft... Uh, Will deliver that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I think the old AD, uh, Sandy Barber, probably didn't stand up to the board. But, you know, if they want to go raise some money, Penn State has some wealthy donors out there, but we've got to make that commitment to put the money behind the program too for the facilities. So start getting more than five stars. Just go back, probably for your next podcast. Mm -hmm. Look at. Let's look at the top six schools last year, how many five stars they brought in in the last four Mm -hmm. years. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think another good point to kind of make there too is, you know, let's look at Bama, let's look at Georgia, Ohio State, Mm -hmm. and let's talk about them in other sports. I mean – really outside of football. I mean, I know Bama had a good year in basketball last year. But that was,
0: when was the last time they had a good year? Yeah, exactly. What I'm
2: saying is Penn State's pretty consistent, you know, across all sports as far as being competitive. Now, I know there's exceptions with basketball and baseball, Mm -hmm. but as far as like soccer, field, hockey, you know, other sports, wrestling, wrestling, for example, I mean, we've been the 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 best best. wrestling program since, you know, we graduated high school. So it's just so it's
1: not, you're exactly right. There's no difference. What are they It's the same formula exactly of what you're doing in that wrestling program, and obviously football's the money program. Mm-hmm. But yeah. look, compare the wrestling program to an Iowa and the other schools. What is Cal doing different than those schools? Yeah.
2: And it's, you know, like I'm trying to make the point to as well as saying, you know, those schools that are football schools, they focus on football. Yeah. I mean, you don't think about Georgia's fucking gymnastic team at any <laughs> point. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, all it's Georgia football. You go talk to someone in Georgia; they're talking about the dogs on Saturday. Yeah. Ugga getting out there, maybe biting someone. <laughs> yeah, you okay. talk
1: gymnastics; you got to go down the Baton Rouge that gal that makes all that money. Uh,
2: d- yeah, she. Yeah, Livy Dunn is uh, definitely raking in the cash.
1: Of course, this past weekend, we we met a young gal. We're told that is the next uh, one out of Penn State five uh, million a year on tiktok, TikTok. That's <laughs> what <insane>. a weekend <laughs> what a weekend you, you could have wrote a book about that but just the people we ran into mm-hmm. it just so we went on Friday Yeah, Friday night Brandon celebrated his birthday 28th birthday I joke Tony came <laughs> for the first time hopefully he comes back oh yeah but the bummer is it's going to be a while to go back to Maryland. But that's yeah. a great little trip, Sam, Sammy Shank. Mm-hmm. But I joked to the boys it was like taking them to Slinky Action Zone when they were like 9 and 10. He paid for Slinky Action Zone. So we went to a, you know, 28, 30-year-old uh, Slinky Action Zone weekend. <laughs> And got to see Penn State. But we had a great time. Oh, yeah. That was so much fun. The Korean barbecue, which I was hesitant going, but that was fun. That was well worth it. I'm glad you guys trusted me on
2: that. Yes, that was well worth it. I knew it would be a fan favorite. But I did
1: know that last... Order of meat was probably... Had not, to get our money's worth. <laughs> had to, say, to get our yeah. money's worth. So. There's a lot of people that starve in this nation. We didn't eat at all. Yep. So. Uh, I Barnacle
2: like Boy tapped out. Let's bar- just bar- put it bar- that.
1: Barnacle <laughs> Boy tapped out. He, he needed a uh, petite patty, I guess. <laughs> we, we get to Maryland meet Bedford County people. Yeah. Right. Pat Snyder, uh, probably the only boys basketball player to score 2,000. Uh, he was next door at a tailgate yeah. out of the blue. Great, great story on Pat Snyder, a uh, retired state policeman, 49 years old, very hip, humble, but you boys should have saw that boy play basketball. He he was a baller. Mm-hmm. And, uh, One of
2: those guys that got past half court and was in range or yeah. kind of just a grinder get by people? No,
1: he? He, he could shoot and okay. he could take it to the hoop. He, he had a complete game. And I believe Pat – I believe he went to Shippensburg for a little bit and then got into police academy. Okay. Well, but shout he, out to Pat. Yeah, and we met some other people from down around the Saxton area.
0: Yeah, including my eighth grade teacher where it was before the game we were tailgating. And I saw her. I thought like, oh, that she looks familiar, but I didn't, you know, think anything about it. Then all of a sudden after the game, we go back to the tailgate and you said something. Um, like, um, about like, Hey, you teach school at Ridge or something? I'm like, Holy hell. That's my eighth grade English teacher, Mrs. Stoudnauer. Just shout out to Mrs. Stoudnauer. If you ever hear this, uh, I was great to run into you, man. It was just, it was so awesome because, you know, for every Maryland fan that was there at the game, there was at least one Penn state fan there. I was blown away with, uh, how well, uh, we traveled down there for the game. It was just an awesome, awesome experience. Yeah,
1: and what was this? Our fourth trip in a row we've gone down? Well, there was one time I was thinking about that. We didn't spend the night, but we've stayed there at the hotel at least four times. And that
2: hotel was awesome. Three times for sure. You guys stayed there once when I played a college baseball game down in the Maryland area. But, but
1: for Penn State games, I've stayed there four times. But for
2: Penn State, the first year I remember you and I went down there was when I turned twenty-one, and they wouldn't serve me beer because my ID was the wrong direction. And one
1: year we drove down Saturday morning, came home. That
2: was that year, yeah. yeah. And then the following year was the year I think Butchery and them came, and that was that was the fiasco year. But one year, <laughs> even
1: before we played at College Park, we played at. Uh, the Raven Stadium.
2: I you went to that game. I yeah. didn't go
1: to that game, but yeah,
2: it's all. I mean, it's always a good trip going down to College Park. Mm-hmm. Tony, kind of like Tony said, you know, a lot of the Penn State fans love to travel, go on that trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we recruit heavy from that area, so it's nice to be able to have the recruits yes. come out and see us play an away game, yep. and just be able to see. Wow, look at. I mean, you should ass. You showed me the picture of you know they took of the stadium, and then the one side was all Penn State fans. Yes. It was all white burnt, on our side, and it was supposed to be a gold out for Maryland and yeah. I'm like, who's wearing the gold other than the students so. and I and
0: I just from a pure atmosphere standpoint every time the Penn State defense was on it was so it was loud. loud and every time the Maryland defense was out and we were on offense it was quiet it was like a home game yeah yes it, it was it was awesome but uh before we move on here I gotta get your guys, guys predictions for this week JD you go first what do you think the final score will be um upset in happy valley okay 28-24. 28-24. Okay. Who's the, um, the big the big player in the game? How do they win?
2: I think Drew Alar goes off for his first 300-yard plus game. Well, second plus 300-yard game. Mm-hmm. I guess I forgot West Virginia did it. Yeah. Three touchdowns. And I want to see Craytron break the 100-yard barrier. Okay. I think that's going to happen. I think the defense is going to come out and play again.
1: We get four sacks, force two turnovers. Okay. How about you, Shane?
2: Do they win or lose? And like and if
0: if you say they win, like how, like, what do you think the difference is?
1: I think it's 24-21, Nittany Lions. Uh I think you're gonna see uh Drew play a good game. I think we're gonna get a defensive touchdown too. Okay. Okay, or maybe a key turnover. Yeah, that puts him in us. the red zone or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think Penn State's gonna score maybe you know, if I give a range, 24 to 30 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's going to be a big defensive uh, stand because I think, I think there's going to be a little distraction with this whole signal mm-hmm. uh, uh, stealing episode. So it, I think it's going to be great.
2: And um, just to kind of talk on that, so the Big Ten gave notice to Michigan – that they're planning on doing something. Michigan has actually told tomorrow to respond to it, or the Big Ten's allowed to, you know, lay down the law. And I guess really? what a lot of people are saying is they're expecting probably a two-game suspension be held out for Jim Harbaugh. So okay. if that does end
1: up happening, there could be some, like, you know. Oh, so
0: you sent that in the group chat. That's yeah. right.
1: Well, they had a meeting last week. They'd met privately two separate meetings with all the Big 10 football coaches. Yeah, but
2: this was yesterday the Big 10 issued a formal um, you know, complaint notice saying oh, they okay. have till Wednesday to respond to it. And, and then, the then after that the, yep, then Big then the Big 10 can lay down and the Big 10 also said they're going to let the NCAA do a thorough investigation <laughs> on this. Um, before you got here Tony, is <laughs> actually reading an article, Michigan's now accusing Purdue, Rutgers and Ohio State Getting together and giving Purdue, um, I guess, Michigan's play calls, their signals for the Big Ten championship game. So oh. Michigan's trying to point the finger now back at other people. But I guess um, the way that it's phrased or the way they said it occurred was this happened during game. So. Ohio State, you know, kept a record of that while the game happened at their home field, and same with Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And because it was done at their own game, it's allowed. You're not allowed to send scouts to opposing games and do that. So that's kind of where the difference is there.
1: Okay. They had video last night I saw on YouTube channel against the, the Ohio State game last year. Mm-hmm. That What's his name? Connor. Connor Stallions. Yep. He's beside... The coach, when the offense looks over, he's yeah, the D the He's telling the D coordinator, "Yeah, what's now going? he's actually giving hand signals to the defensive team. Mm-hmm. He wasn't conveying. He it was that quick. He was watching the other sideline. So, but yeah,
0: yeah, we'll see how that goes here with you know that whole signal thing and how that plays out. You know, if if it does play out during the game here, but you know." Whenever they uh whenever Penn State lost to Ohio State a couple weeks ago, that really uh that really hurt. You know, I had a lot of faith in this team, in Drew Aller, number one quarterback recruit. And uh, you know, I did l- lose a lot of faith in this Penn State team, but damn it, I can't go against the Nittany Lions here. I'm feeling an upset. I feel like Franklin, you know, yeah, was he vanilla during the Ohio State game? and ultra conservative? Yes, he's on a break. Open the playbook in this game. I think he's playing for a lot, a lot. Not just for a win or loss here. Um, he's trying to prove to everybody because he hears it. He's even hearing from the local media now how he can't get the job done. You know, he only beat the small little teams, and that's it. Um, I feel like he's going to have a big, big impact on this game. Uh, I feel like the Nittany Lions do pull it off. I'm gonna have a final score of Penn State 26, uh, Michigan 23. It's gonna be decided by a field goal.
2: Okay, special teams game like that.
0: Yep, 26-23. A
1: Big Ten instant classic.
0: Yes, it's gonna be on the Big Ten
1: Network playing all week long. (laughs) (laughs) So the over/under right now is 45 and a half. Okay. You look at that. You know, I said twenty four, twenty one. I'm just looking now. I didn't know this. Yeah. So we're right in there. Michigan's favored by four and a half. So which Penn State's are dog at their home field. So
2: that's definitely I you know, this is why this time of the year is such a great time of the year because yeah. we have, you know, this to look forward to on the weekends, you know, and other college football matchups so And the
1: twelfth band's gonna have a be play a big factor.
2: Oh yeah! Oh, Uh, it it definitely did. You know, at Ohio State as well. I mean, you could tell Drew was a little nervous there, and I think you know we can do the same thing to uh, McCarthy here. So, I'm I'm excited. And I I don't think
0: we talked about this at all. This is Michigan's and McCarthy's biggest test of the year.
2: It has been, yeah, yeah. They they haven't played anybody. You
0: know, people want to shoot on Penn State and their schedule. Look at Michigan's schedule. I mean, their best team they played. It's set whenever they. uh, released the initial college football rankings uh, last week. Uh, It said that their biggest opponent was Rutgers. (laughs) Uh, That's saying something. The Scarlet Knights, man. Yeah, so there could be a little complacency on the Michigan side, too. You know, they uh, haven't really played anybody yet. Um, You know, they don't have a true test out there to see what they're actually made of. Um, Let's look
1: at it. Their first three games, they played ECU, Mm -hmm. Eastern Carolina, the Pirates. They played UNLV. And then they played Bowling Green. They they scored 30, 35, and 31 against those teams. Against – they're not FBS teams, are they? FCS. Yeah, they're FCS then, teams. So. You know, since then, they've played all Big Ten schools, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota. Now they pounded Indiana fifty two seven. Yeah,
2: but kind of like you said though, when we talked about Indiana, twenty seconds worth of plays caused fourteen points. If exactly. it wasn't for that, Indiana out. would have scored ten points yeah. and maybe not even ten points. So yeah,
1: still. So you know, Connor style, it uh, wasn't going to ECU, UNLV, and BGSU. But you know, it's it's crazy. So yeah, I mean, they they finished with us, Maryland, and. Ohio State, their their schedule really is pretty weak this year. Yeah. So.
0: Now I know we talked about this last week, so I want to ask you this, Shane. Before we switch over to the NFL and the Steelers, um, what do you think the proper punishment or sanction should be against Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines?
1: I think. I think they they should be banned. All the wins, obviously uh what's what, what you done. said it'll be tough to prove how far back that goes yeah uh i think they should get rid of Harbaugh asap it under the investigation. <sighs> yeah that initial what how many games did he end up serving on his own at the beginning of the three game? games three, three games which they against the dog shit they pulled yeah. that off the table that was just done so mm-hmm. Truthfully, Jimmy Jimmy's gonna be gone. Yeah. He he he's gonna run to the NFL. Uh we'll see we'll see how crazy the Michigan alumni gets, how how deep their love is for Jimmy. But I mean I I think they could be faced with a lot of stiff penalties. I don't think they're gonna get the death penalty, but there's gonna be some scholarship lost. And I think the Big Ten wants to react before the NCAA gets involved. There are speculations that the NCAA has a lot of information, I read Mm -hmm. today, that the Big Ten don't have. Oh. So does the Big Ten, the new president, try to make, I don't know, we should research where where his uh, loyalties are. I'm not sure. His background.
2: I will say this. The new commissioner has been very upfront on this whole ordeal, I feel. I feel he has been transparent. He has been going out just collecting information from other schools, other coaches, other ADs. Mm-hmm. And I feel he's kind of been, you know, kind of on the front burner for most of this um, scandal that's been happening. So I do expect to see him hand out some sort of punishment, maybe like I said with the Harbaugh two-game ban. I don't see them getting banned from college football playoffs this season. I feel the bigger punishment that the NCAA will lay down will happen in the offseason. But, yeah, I still agree with what I said last week, Tony. I still don't think – one, I don't think you take away any um, possible um, scholarship positions away from the team because it's not the players. I think if you want to hurt Michigan, the best way to do it is financially. Yeah. So – one, you got to keep them out of bowl games for a couple years. Yep. I think that'll all, overall one hurt the amount of money that's bringing into the school. Yeah, as well as the quality of players that they're going to be getting as well, because you know kids want to play in the big games. So, I think the bowl band is definitely something that should be on the table and should be highly considered. And I still agree they got to get rid of Harbaugh if Harbaugh doesn't leave
1: already.
0: Yeah, because if you're a if you're a highly ranked recruit. Why would you want to go to Michigan where you don't have to be in a
1: bowl game? Exactly.
0: So that for that itself well, would hurt.
1: The Penn State scandal, that wasn't the players, but we lost scholarships. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know.
2: And mm-hmm. I mean, I its i don't like talking about it, but it's not really comparable. I,
1: I know it's not. It's but, a completely different situation. But what you said, you know, it wasn't the players. Neither was our scandal. No, you're right. I,
0: I mentioned that too
2: on a previous yeah, podcast.
1: Yeah, well, Tony talked about that last yeah. week, and it you know, was, the problem was the administration. It was yeah. the administration. Okay. Joe Joe reported, he did everything he was supposed to do, and we won't get into that because no, I, I get I get, it turns up my the hair on the back of my neck. Yeah, so
0: that's water under the bridge. That's, yep. All right, so moving on to the NFL here and the Steelers, you know. Last Thursday against the Titans, I mean I know they only scored 20 points, but damn, the offense seemed to move a little bit and you know, I kept track of this. Uh if Kenny Pickett makes three throws, that they put 17 points on the board. You know, he missed Calvin Austin. He was covered against a linebacker streaking down the middle of the field. If he leads him, that's a touchdown. If he hits the crosser to Pickens, Pickens had wide open grass on the right side. That's at least a 30-yard game moving the field goal range. And then down at the goal line, he had Allen Robinson in the end zone, but you know, threw the ball in the dirt, couldn't lead him. Mm-hmm. And on that same play, he had Connor Hayward wide open. There's 17 points. And then George Pickens not dragging his foot in. Really uncharacteristic play. Uncharacteristic play from him. So that's a total of 24 points the Steelers could have been on the board and they could have scored 40 points for the first time, I think, since 2020.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I almost had to do a second look and make sure I was watching the correct game. You know, mm-hmm. kind of from the start, the offense looked like they were in a different gear. I mean, nausea, getting the ball, making moves, running, Jalen Warren coming out there running too. I mean, when we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers' identity, it was. A, Establish the ground and pound, mm-hmm. and let wide receivers get open based off of that. And I thought, you know, as far as it execution wise, I know you touched on, you know, a couple plays that didn't happen that could have, you know, given us more points. Yeah. But still, this offense, you know, Matt Canada might need to be on the sideline every game the rest of the year. I tell you what, that was his best
0: play calling and best overall scheme, like like a game plan or whatever mm-hmm. that he's had in Pittsburgh during his tenure. Uh, it was perfect. I mean, they. They didn't run, and there's always at least three or four plays every game. We're like, why the hell did they run that? You didn't have a single play where you said that to yourself. No, exactly. I was really, really impressed. How about you, Shane? What do you think?
1: Well, I have to give a shout out to Will Levis. Yes. You know, I, I am going to say this. I've been very impressed. I watched in Atlanta his first start. I was got down there and watched it. But I thought Pittsburgh was going to, bring the heat they did Mm -hmm. I was amazed how he stood in there yeah But, but I did not get to see until the last quarter since I was in Atlanta still last week and I got it was on that prime video but you know They're they're your typical Pittsburgh Steelers. They're winning with defense. They're not making a lot of mistakes, Mm -hmm. but we got to get the point total on. Our biggest output this year has been twenty six points.
0: That's just not good enough. Yeah,
1: and the especially in today's NFL, the the losses. If you look at them, the losses we've scored. Like, uh, you just look here quick. We we scored seven points against San Francisco. We scored six against Houston. That was an embarrassment. Yes, it was. And then we scored 10 points against Jacksonville. So, you know, with our wins, we put up 20, 24, 17, 23, and 26. We just got to get some more output. I don't know. It's just like Kenny's just a different player in the second half. Uh I like Warren in the backfield. He's picking it up. He hits the hole hard, full speed. I actually see Najee picking it up a little bit. I think he's he, he had a too. couple
0: decent runs, but I truly believe Warren should be your be your starting back.
1: Yeah, but it just we, we gotta get something.
2: I mean I think, you know, the running back situation is pretty reminiscent, you know, kind of the 0-8 team with the baddest being the nausea and, you know, Willie Parker being yeah. kind of a war in there. So, I mean, it's within the Steelers' identity, definitely. But, you know, you touch on the offensive struggles and, you know, Kenny Pickett in year two, not still not setting the world on fire. I mean, I didn't quite expect him, but you like to see, you know, when he faces tests of adversity, how he comes out and plays from that I think, honestly, he still has a long way to go with his game. I think, you know, and, and you look at Ben Roethlisberger kind of, he was in the similar shoes. He really didn't really hit his stride till around year four in the NFL. So it's just going to be interesting to see how things develop if the Steelers, you know, kind of want to, if, you know, you want to deal with the, you know, nonproductive offense, um, you know, how many licks you're going to take until you know we get to see the final finished product now i hope it's not similar like big ben's career where he was defensive led for the first couple years he was in the nfl yeah and then he finally found you know his offensive groove and then our defense just completely left yeah. at that point so hopefully we can keep up the high caliber of play on both sides of the ball and i think it'll be interesting to see how kenny develops um but, yeah, I think you ride it out this year and you just hope to see, you know, some improvements. Maybe it's him getting more accurate on passing. Um, that's definitely my biggest thing. I just feel like Kenny's just not the
1: most accurate passer. He has 61% plus pass completion. Which is about average, I Well, I mean, say. it's about average in the league. Six touchdowns to four interceptions. And
2: that's actually. not average in the league. That's so. horrible no. through eight games. Exactly, so, yep. So.
0: And here's my thing. You know, you just made the comment about, you know, how big Bendon hit a stride to, uh, you know midway through his career. Um, but he had, he had that one, he had a quality about him where, you know, which established himself probably in the category of, you know, Peyton Manning and Brady and them, you know I mean? Even in this early part of his career with Kenny, there's not one thing that he does really well on the football field. Like, can you name one thing like, oh, he does that very, very good on a consistent every game basis. He doesn't have that about him.
1: There's one thing. What's that? fourth quarter comeback exactly and that's what I was gonna say as <laughs> there's well. where the only thing I like the kid because let's face it if his stats in college if he played like a Fresno State or somewhere he wouldn't be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers no but he he has something about it at the end of the game he look look in two years how many come Come from behind, fourth quarter. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. So he has that little moxie there. That's the thing he has in the fourth quarter.
0: But I, I made this point whenever Luke Stoltz was on my, on my podcast a few weeks ago. Who, who was another quarterback who had that moxie about him who was able to lead comebacks in the fourth quarter on a consistent basis for a year or two? Tim freaking Tebow. Tebow sucks as a quarterback yet for one or two years he was able to lead the Broncos to come back which he did it to us in the wild card round back in 2011 um I don't know, man. Like usually for quarterbacks, what's the trend for quarterbacks now? uh, For the past several years here, they struggle. They struggled their first year for the most part, and by midway of their second year, they have a game where they put it all together. From there, they excel. You saw it from Josh Allen. You saw it from Trevor Lawrence. You saw it from. uh, I mean. Mahomes played his entire second didn't play at all his first year, played his entire second year, just went off. His, um, yeah, but ha- I mean, Jalen Hurts, yep. you know, it's it's that one game in the middle of their second year where it, they established themselves as a quarterback, um, and you're waiting for that for Kenny Pickett. And I, I, I just don't see any of the, the traits that, you know, make him pop off besides for the, you know, making a comeback in the fourth quarter. But I just elaborate, Tim Tebow did the same thing.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, you're talking about that the midway through the second year. I mean, we're kind of at that point right exactly. now. Exactly. So you're it's the... waiting
0: for that game where he's just like, all right, Kenny, put a whole game together.
2: And I, you know, I think we're getting there. And I mean, I hate to say it, you know, you talk about it. Maybe we consider, and I know there was a lot of talks after the first couple of weeks, let's take and get Caleb Williams or try no, to... No, screw Caleb Williams. I just, I think personally... You know, you invested a first-round pick on this kid. Yeah. you got to at least see him out there as rookie, rookie deal. Rookie deal, yeah. So, I, I think, you know, if Kenny's winning us games, if we're in the hunt for playoff contentions, because come playoff time, anything can happen, Tony. So, yeah. I just, you know, I want to see us be in the spot, you know, to be playing in those games.
1: Okay, so what I said in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. just listen to it. It's true, Kenny Pickett has been magical in the fourth quarter. His passing rating that quarter alone is 108.2, which is in the caliber of Tom Brady, Brad, Brady and Patrick McCombs. He has led six fourth-quarter comebacks in his 21 NFL starts. So, like I said, that's what he has.
0: Almost a third of his games, yeah. Yeah, so. I guess we'll see how that all plays out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for a little bit more, but... uh So during the game, you know, George Pickens, I want to bring this up. uh, He caught two passes for minus one yard, visibly frustrated on the sideline. You know, Deontay Johnson, you know, got the monkey off his back finally. Scored a touchdown for the first time since the 2021 playoffs against the Chiefs when Big Ben was still quarterback. Um, He finally got the monkey off his back, and instead of celebrating with Pickens on the field and on the sideline, he just goes and sulks, you know, on the bench. And then a reporter uh, by the name of Mark Caboli, he's a local reporter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he uh, he saw Pickett, I mean Pickens. He was the first one to go in the locker room. He was the first one out of there. Um, and then during Mike Tomlin's press conference day, the question was asked, you know, hey, did you have to talk to George Pickens at all? How's how's that going? And he just said some cliche bullshit of, uh, and I quote, it's like a pebble in my shoe, end quote. Uh, just what are your overall thoughts on the whole George Pickens ordeal, J.D.?
2: Um, I mean, he's a young player and definitely, you know, phenomenal player, too. Yes. Give him a chance one-on-one, he's going to come down with the ball. But there's a reason this guy fell, you know, for a third-round pick. Yeah. And I'm assuming it was a mostly attitude related problem. I know he was a little beat beat up that year with Georgie. Torn ACL. Torn ACL he didn't play and people were questioning that. But I think character has a lot to say with him and really, you know, when he strikes hits adversity, you know, I feel like he does the pointing game, the blame game. Well, Kenny can't get me the ball. I'm the best player on the field. I don't understand why I can't, you know, have the ball in my hands and it's you know, dude, it's a, it's a grind. You're a professional athlete and probably one of the highest earning sports in the world. Yeah. I mean, I know soccer's massive too, but at least in the United States. Yes. Um, but yeah, to me, it's just, it seems like it's immaturity and it seems like he's not really a team guy. I mean, and Tomlin, you know, when he said a pebble in my shoe, I took it as another meaning say, hey, he's a pebble in my shoe. I can just kick my shoe off and shake that pedal out. I, if you also you know, want to continue on what else he said. He wants people on the field that want the ball. He wants people on the field that want to go out there and make plays. So, I think Tomlin has, I mean, dealt with, you know, kind of diva players like that well in the past. I mean, Antonio Brown, we only heard late end of the career how crazy he was, but apparently he was just as bad at the beginning of his career too, and Mike Tomlin dealt with him well and turned him into a good wideout. So, I mean, I'd like to see how George Pickens responds. Um, if worse comes to worse, we can only ship them off the end of the year for maybe a second round
1: pick. Yeah. So.
0: What do you think of the ordeal, Shane?
1: Well, before you go on, fourth quarter comeback, <laughs> Kenny Pickett has more six games than Joe Burrow, who has played in his fourth year. He has five. And Trevor, played in a Super Bowl. Trevor Lawrence only has five. <laughs> but I think that's to, like too. Like their teams are good. They're not. Their quarterback down. Well, the quarterback down in Miami has five. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts has four. But you're right. But you know, uh, I'm old school. Mm-hmm. I agree. Tomlin, uh, you know, probably emotions. He wants the ball. Uh, First thing, I thought he's another A.B., but like you said, how A.B. could have been the greatest receiver ever. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he was never the same person after he got his head screwed up against that guy with Cincinnati. effect. Yeah. but what what happened, though? Give it some time here. I think Tomlin will correct the issue. Exactly. And I I want him on our team because, you know, he's a threat. Oh, yeah. But... You put it anywhere within,
0: if if within like I don't know what a couple feet around him, he's he's coming down with it. I mean, I know he he didn't make that catch in the end zone where we're all like shaking our heads. Like he makes that play 99 times out of 100.
1: Um, what has developed since all this? He, raced everybody off his social media. Well, you I, anymore?
0: Yeah, apparently he did all that, but then a couple days or a day. After he added everybody back, and it's just you know that that sort of stuff, it, you know, it's there for us fans to you know either get a good laugh at or debate or whatever. But in reality, it's just you know he's still a 22, 23 year old kid, and um, you know he, he he probably did that. And someone told him, "Hey, come on now, knock it off." And he you know wised up there and decided to follow everybody back, you know, and stuff like that. And that's just how you know kids he, kids are these days they get mad and they think, you know, deleting people off of social media is going to, you know, do something.
1: You're gonna see it. We we got what, nine games left? Yeah. So something like that. I, I think Tomlin, you know, he's a player's coach. I think he'll reel him in and you know, the kid wants the ball. Man. Yeah. And I think we need him in our we offense. Do. So And
2: I mean, Oh
0: yeah, definitely because I mean just for how lousy our offense is, we desperately need a playmaker like that.
2: And I mean to come off a game man having two catches for negative one yards you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be yeah. frustrated with yourself. People deal with that stuff in different ways, obviously. Yeah. I know, you know, the way Pickens decided to deal with it might have not been the most appropriate way, the most way that we would have dealt with it. But then again, you got to look at his situation, where he comes from, his upbringing, his background. I don't want to dive too deep in the psychology behind it, but, you know, I expect Tom to reel him in, as he has with countless other players. Yeah. And I expect him, you know, to kind of put this behind them and let's get to work and let's talk about the Packers and see what are we going to do to get you the ball against, you know, kind of a lackluster Green Bay team this year.
0: About to say, perfect segue into our next little segment here. Uh, What do you see,
2: how do you see this game being played out against the Packers? So, um, you know, kind of just looking at the line, which the lines which are interesting. So Steelers are favored by three points. um, Uh Just looking at here, um, you know, it kind of gives me statistics based upon people, what they're betting for what. 92% of the bets are for the Steelers to cover. And 95% are the bets for Steelers to win the money line. So, you know, I like to say... I don't like to say it, but I do want to say it. It's kind of a tune-up game for the schedule we have coming ahead because we got... Two road divisional games against Two cleveland Two road Cincinnati. divisional against the Ohio teams. Yeah. Always going to be tough games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it might be a good week. You know, let's, let's get George Pickens the ball. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see probably 60-plus receiving yards from him in a touchdown. Let's get him in the right mental space. Um. We're going against a struggling Packers offense. Um, everyone thought, you know, Jordan Love was going to come out here and be a light show. came
0: out hot the first couple games. He you did. had him in fantasy. I exactly. know you loved him then. I had
2: him in fantasy. He was doing great. Um, but since then, he's kind of been lackluster. Yeah. Um, Christian Watson, who everyone thought, you know, was going to probably be a top 10 receiver this year, mm-hmm. was hurt through, what, the first four games of the yep. season? Hasn't really been doing much, and... You know, the ground game that they've been having with Aaron Jones. And, um, that line is hurt. The line's hurt, exactly. So I think the Steelers are in a prime opportunity this Sunday to come out there and say, okay, boys, let's go put up some points against these guys. Yep. Let's get some confidence. Let's get some moxie in our step-like dad, like to say. And mm-hmm. let's beat the shit out of the Packers. I was about to say, uh,
0: there's been rumblings about how Sean Clifford might be starting here if, if Jordan Loves keeps on this downward trajectory. what do you think of that shape? I've heard it for
1: the last month but you know they haven't put him in yeah so
2: it from Green Bay standpoint, they've slept on this guy for what three seasons? Jordan Love, has yes. been on the team behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as an organization, people are just going to completely mock and laugh at you, saying, "Okay, this guy said he learned the offense for three years, yeah, and you guys bench him before the tenth game of yeah. the season for an, uh, you know <laughs> John a ro-
0: freaking Clifford <laughs> for
2: a rookie who most people from the state college area <laughs> thought there is not a snowball's chance in hell Sean Clifford would be an NFL. Order in his first season. So, yeah. Bear, bearing not being an injury. But, yeah, I mean, I think that would be interesting to see old Sugar Sean come out. <laughs> the stadium he's familiar in. <laughs> yes. Yep. He's very familiar there. So, <laughs> I just, I would like to see it.
0: Uh, how do you see this game being played out against the Packers, Shane? What,
1: what's the over under on this
2: one? The over under right now is 39 points and
1: 93% of the bets are going for the over. Yeah, yeah. I figured it'd be low, but uh, it's a home game in the burg. It's a tough yep. place to win. We need this win. If you oh, look, yeah. Massive you, win. You look at the schedule, there's there's four games left you got to win. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to win, you know. Uh, but I think it'll be your typical game. We're not giving up a lot of points. They're not scoring a lot of points. So, we score, you know... Over 24, you know, we win. Oh, hands down. Easily. Uh, defense playing good. So, you know, I, I see something 24-14. 24-14,
0: okay. in that range. Do you think this is the game where Kenny Pickett finally has his coming out party where he, you know, maybe nah. throws for two or three touchdowns, maybe a 300-yard game? Do you,
1: do you see that yeah, at all? I, I no. don't see that. Because... I, we established a run. That's how you win Pittsburgh. Yeah. You, know, you turn it over the defense. So I, I think it's a plus if you get two touchdown passes and if you get over 225 yards out of Pickett. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and
2: I think, you know, kind of like I've talked about before, that's our identity is to get the run first. So, yeah. I mean, if Kenny Pickett has a 300-yard game, we're probably losing that game. Yeah, and I think that's mainly because we're on the back foot the whole time, and he has to throw the ball to keep us in the game fifty
0: times. Yeah, so
2: I think you know, kind of like Dad said there, you know, look for Kenny to be around two hundred, maybe two hundred forty yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you say you know coming out, that's a coming out game for him. So yeah, um, um, I agree with Dad there. I think the Steelers win this game. I think we do put up more than twenty points this week. Okay. I think we get to twenty four. Um, I also, <laughs> 24-27, somewhere in there. I see that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we hold the Packers under 10. I really? I think we hold the Packers single digits Yeah.
0: Week. I mean, the Packers offense, it's just, obviously it's not the same without Aaron Rodgers. Um, Like I mentioned a little bit ago, the line is uh, severely hurt. Uh, Aaron Jones, ever since his injury back week two or week three, he hasn't been really the same. A.J. Dillon, he's just, I think there was a, a couple of seasons ago where he had like uh, double-digit touchdowns. Looked really good, and he's fallen off a cliff. Mm -hmm. Don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, And I feel like, um, you know, Broderick Jones, they played him at his unnatural position at right tackle, and I feel like it looked looked awesome. awesome. I mean, that
2: made a lot of difference in the run games uh, specifically. Him getting down to the second level and blocking ahead was what our running backs needed because there were so many games where it was just a lineman, a linebacker coming up to fill the hole. In us getting, you know, two yards. Him getting down there and just making a chip on a linebacker turns those two-yard gains to 10, 15-yard busts. So it's, like you said, you know, it's nice to see, finally, Matt Canada said, let's put this kid in, see if he can play, as we've been asking. Well, that's Tomlin's decision right there, whether to start the guy or not. I understand it's Tomlin's decision, but I feel like Canada needs to be more persistent, saying we need to keep this guy in, we need to put this guy in. And I understand the Steelers' way is, up. you're not a starter, you got to earn your spot... I mean, I think he's pretty much earned it though now. Yeah, I think you know the two guys we took early in the draft, Joey Porter, hell of a game last yes. week. Yes, missed a couple tackles, but that's not what they drafted him for. They drafted him to cover the
0: primary receiver, Howard Hopkins, without a uh, without a catch. Zero catches in the second half. So impressive. I'm yeah. loving what I see out of Jerry Porter, out of Penn State.
2: And I knew, you know, when we got him and he had this problem with Penn State, he does get handsy. Yes. But, I mean, that's what the league is now. Exactly. You've you got to be aggressive. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to throw the wide receiver you're covering off his game. And if that means you take a defensive holding call twice... I mean, look what happened to DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't catch a ball the second half. Yep, exactly. And I know there was that tic-tac call at the end of the game on fourth down. Could have gone either way. D Hop, 100% pushed off of Joey yeah. Porter. Joey Porter did grab his jersey to try to recover. I don't think he really obstructed him from catching that ball nah. whatsoever. Bullshit but still, call. he dropped the ball. Yeah. It hit his hands and he dropped it. So, yep. I mean, that mental side of the game... Having a rookie guarding, you know, your number one one-on-one, and you know, winning battles—that's mm-hmm. massive. So, how do
0: you think the rookies are playing between Porter, Jones, even the defensive line, Keanu Betton, Nick Herbig? You know, on defense, you know, they, when they've been given opportunities, they've been looking. They good.
1: produce. I, I think it was a great draft for the Steelers. And, I love their draft. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think the results are speaking for itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, one you touched on a little bit. I'm glad you said Benton, really has stepped up this season. I think uh, with Hayward going out and yeah. getting more time, I think he's developed really nicely to being a guy that you know we can consistently count on when we have to take Hayward out, when we have to take those interior guys yeah. out. And it's just good experience for him. I mean, the defense is firing in all cylinders, and I look for it to continue.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, early in the year, they struggled with the run. Um, Last year, they got a little bit better from the previous year because in 2021, they were the worst rushing defense in the league. I am like, you know, they held Derek Henry to 75 uh, uh, yards on Mm -hmm. 20 carries. Yeah. Under four yards a carry, which was awesome to see. I think his longest run of the game was, I think, 11 or 12 yards. Um, So that was, you know... Honestly, a very key thing. Um, a beating Tennessee. I see them doing that again this week. Stopping the Green Bay Packers rushing with Dylan and Jones. I'm gonna have the Steelers scoring over 20 points. How many? Ugh, you know what? Screw it. This is Kenny Pickett's coming out game right here. They're scoring 20. Nope, 28 points today. They're scoring four touchdowns. K- Kenny scoring three passing touchdowns. I okay. had the Steelers winning 28 to. Twenty-eight sixteen. Okay. I feel like, you know, I've been giving Kenny Pickett a lot of shit. But you know what, Kenny? Time to prove me wrong. This is your game right here. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Not like that.
0: Yep. <sighs> All righty. Well, we are at the damn, the hour six mark here. Anything else you guys want to touch, touch on? I think
1: something earlier, back to Penn State football, we got a great group of honorary captains this week. We have Sean Lee. Love you know, it. You know, with him and Lavar made, you know, Pulaski and the boys. Got Sean Lee and some somebody that's really special to our friend Brad Koontz. Mm-hmm. We have Brad Caldwell. A lot of people may not know who Brad is. Spider. He was the equipment manager back in 83. Just mm-hmm. a tremendous man. And Brad and his brothers... Worked for Spider, and he's still there in the football office. Nice. Uh, so I think with Sean Lee at the Beaver and recognizing Spider, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to pull this one off. So I know I know Coonsie will be happy and have a few tears to see Spider there because uh, Coonsie's boy, uh, Joey's a game uh, a ball boy now, so I think that's great. Yeah, bringing a couple of Joe's people back as the honorary captains. Yeah,
0: and I and I like how Penn State um, has not severed ties with that era. You know, they 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 do.
1: I, I remember when I had Bradley the other week. Yeah. Coach um, Bradley.
0: Yep. Uh what? The DDC and he even uh interim head coach for the last couple games there that One
1: one of the one wins I saw in Columbus 10-7 the year Joe was left go. Mm-hmm. Uh Tom Bradley, Bishop McCourt graduate goes Was into, he a Bishop McCourt grad? Yeah. Damn. He goes into uh to uh, Horseshoe. Columbus Horseshoe wins ten seven. I think mm-hmm. if you look at it, Bill Belton running the wildcat. Yeah. yeah, yep,
0: that's right. I remember that now. <laughs> How about you, Jade? Anything you want to touch on before we end it here?
2: Um, so between recording of last week's episode and this week's episode, um, the ball and door was given out. If either of you know what that is,
0: yeah, it's soccer.
2: Soccer. So soccer
0: MVP basically, basically
2: right? the best male player and the best women's player. They're picked between every player, every league, every national team. And uh, Lionel Messi wins it for the record eighth time. Damn. Since the award started in 2010.
0: And that was him with playing in the MLS this year.
2: That was with him with PSG for the year and then um, obviously him winning the World Cup of Argentina. Yeah, that's right. Now there's been a lot of uh, kind of backlash on it saying, you know, it was a popularity award just given to Lionel Messi this season. Um, a lot of people had Erling ha- ha- uh, Holland winning it just because he had a 50 plus goal season, won the treble with Man City But I agree with, um, you know, all the critics and everyone who picked Messi over Holland just because this guy is the GOAT of soccer. He Mm -hmm. is probably the greatest player to ever do it. I don't care. Dan Chris, Corey Amick, if you want to hate on Messi, go (laughs) ahead and hate. He's better than Ronaldo. Um, But it was nice to see, you know, him getting recognized because his whole career, he chased the one thing, and that was winning a World Cup and he finally got his World Cup, yeah. and I believe he deserves a recognition. So I full-heartedly agree with the decision to give him the ball in versus, you know, Holland. but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not a soccer expert, but it's just great to see because, you know, definitely Messi is a magician. It's great the United States brought him in. I mean, hell, when they announced he was going to come play with the later half of Inter-Miami season, every game that Miami was playing in, Ticket prices rose like four times. Damn. Because Messi was playing. Yeah. And it's just nice to see him bring that talent over to the United States. And Mm -hmm. because he's doing that, you know, there's other guys that are later in their career that were once very good players internationally. Playing in, you know, La Liga in Spain, the Premier League Mm and. England, the Bundesliga in Germany, Serie A, and Italy. But they're all starting to think, you know, maybe coming to the U.S. is a good place to retire. Maybe we can get the quality of soccer. Wasn't Beckham the first guy to basically do that? So Beckham was the first guy to come over. He, um, it was actually, it's actually an interesting story because he was at Real Madrid. He got benched by the head coach during the prime of his career and was pretty pissed off about it. He said, you know what, screw that. Why? Well, it was, there was a lot of politics. He was brought into Real Madrid because he Beckham kind of fumed with the management of Manchester United. So just a little backstory on David Beckett. David Beckett's dad, psycho Manchester United fan. I mean, his whole (laughs) life growing up, David Beckett was going to play for Manchester United. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, you know, he was kind of the first example of um, an athlete kind of gaining this, you know, with the internet coming up in the early 2000s his popularity just absolutely exploded. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, he married a Spice Girl. Yeah. And, I mean, (laughs) he became bigger than the sport when he was at Manchester United, which the coach they had at the time wasn't really about that. He was more of, hey, you play in the team, you play in the system. Yeah. He saw Beckham getting big, and he said, yep, we're getting rid of him. We don't want him on our team anymore. So he went to Madrid – and basically, he got brought into a team that already had a superstar in his position. So, at one point, he wasn't really going to mesh with the team because they had to play him in an off position. Yeah. They got rid of their coach, and then the new coach didn't like Beckham as much, so they didn't play him. And Beckham said, you know, screw this, I'll go to the MLS. And everyone's like, well, you're in your prime. You're going to go play in this mockery league, mm-hmm. which it was at the time. It was terrible. And yeah. Beckham has even got an interview saying, yeah, dude, it's, you know, I'm out here playing with high school kids right now, just <laughs> no idea what to do with the ball, but you know, he kind of did start that international movement, bringing other guys over Um, you know, Ibrahimović, kind of at the end of his career, yeah. Latin, he came over he kind of set LA Galaxy on a war path, I remember when he came in, he was scoring unbelievable just bicycle goals, spider goals mm-hmm. and then, you know, now you see it with Messi coming in, he brought in uh Sergio Bosquez, which was his longtime teammate with Barcelona, central defensive midfielder
0: um, I remember playing uh, FIFA 13 with him
2: on the game. Yeah, and I mean, Basquez, <laughs> his whole career has just been a stand-up, high-quality, you know, makes-the-world-11-each-year type of guy. He's playing with Messi in the MOS. Um, there's rumors right now, Luis Suarez, who was the guy from uh, Uruguay that bit the one Italian dude in the oh, game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he played okay. with Messi in Barcelona when they won in trouble. He's going to come over and play with Messi. And I just oh, think wow. it's great for the sports in the United States because... Um, You know, one of my big bucket list things is I want to see the U.S. win a World Cup. Mm -hmm. And the way you get that is you get the youth generations involved. Yeah. I think for such a long time within our country, you know, and soccer is an old sport, but, you know, football dominated, you know, because, one, it was an American invented sport. Um, It's been played since the early 20s. It's just, you know, that's what the kids grew up watching. That's what they wanted to do. But when you see superstars come over and play in our league, mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, this is a viable sport. This is a good sport. Just getting people interested in the game at an early age is what develops the game, Yeah, you know, because Germany, they don't have that. Brazil obviously doesn't have that. So it's like these teams are good because that's all they do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, you know, just sidetrack news, just something cool I thought I'd talk about yeah. in sports. So.
0: Nice. Glad you uh, brought that up, JD. Uh, so I want to end on this. You and I are playing for the number one seed in the Dynamo League, Um you're, I think we're both 7-2 and two right now. Uh, both have pretty good squads here. Um, how are you thinking this uh, fantasy matchup's going to play out? Who do you have in your uh, bye by the way?
2: I'm beating you this week. Okay, just to give everyone a little prelude, I played Tony week one this year, and Tony beat me by 1.8 points. Um, I took an uncharacteristic L last week, which, you know, it's fun. Uh, are we both 7-2? and two? We're uh, both 7-2, and two. yep. I played this week. We played yep. each other this I week.
0: I was down by 11 points to, oh. to Splenda, and the Chargers defense oh. gave me 30 points for the win. Oh, my gosh. I was so excited with that punt return touchdown, I spilt my beer all over the floor. You're going to murder
2: <laughs> me this week. Shit. I got Jalen Hurts, Raheem Mostert on bye, so I'm going to either have to start Joshua Dobbs or Jordan Love my only thing is I have Cooper cup on by
0: but the last three weeks he's given me a combined like 15 16 points so yeah, I'm have,
1: not really hurting right that hurts out I'm leading in the uh, Bedford Legion League oh is that so. like the
2: two-man league
1: yeah. like okay
2: well the good thing is Tony I think you and me are pretty much locks for um for Playoffs at this point. Oh yeah, I'm league. not even worried so, about that. Yeah, I mean, if you take first place from me, you take first place from me. But yeah, that's yeah, not the end of the world. Looking forward to old oh, Shane took a loss last week too. Yeah, I beat him. You beat Shane. So yep. you and me both coming off beating the big guys. Yeah. Hell, this week I lost and I was still the second highest scorer in our league, which is you know that's <laughs> that's fantasy football. It's just yep.
1: unlucky bullshit. Hey, you, you deer hunt Tony? I not not since high school. So food for thought. If we win up in state college this week, uh huh. I was just thinking of something, Brandon. I could probably pull this off. We're going we're going up to Detroit, Black Friday, watching Penn State play Michigan State, Ford mm-hmm. Field. We could swing over and see the boys from Columbus up in Ann Arbor the next day.
2: Oh, there you go. We're
1: forty five minutes away. Yeah, do we want to do we want
2: to get official uh, Michigan espionage T-shirts to wear in the <laughs> yeah. big house, and we'll walk around with video cameras just recording Ohio State sideline the whole time? I think that would be pretty. That would be that'd be so
1: funny. <laughs> I I could do a chop. I got a club seat left this weekend. I know a person from Mich- Michigan. I probably could get a two for one deal. To trade that club seat for two of the Ohio State tickets, nice. Yeah, because if if you we could beat, make it a boys' weekend, Tony had a good time in Maryland. Yeah, see if you can pull that off. Yeah, I'll
2: definitely. I'll definitely see if. I <laughs> hey, can. if if we go to the big house, I'm buying Ohio State gear and I'm wearing it to that yeah. game. I do not give a shit. I am the biggest Scarlet fan that week.
0: So. Well, no, you'd want Michigan to beat Ohio State because it'd be a, a all three teams. You're right. It would be, right. it would be a
2: three way tie. Yep. But I have to be. You'd a, have to root for Michigan, I'd man. Have to be... Big blue, God darn
1: it! I'm gonna text a guy that I know right now and propose that two for one deal. There you go. See if I can pull the magic off. But I just was thinking, hell, we're 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 in Detroit Friday night. One in Rome, right? Could get up Saturday morning, 45 minutes over to Ann Arbor. Oh, that's nothing. We should be there because that game could have a lot of meaning. Oh yeah! If we win this weekend, so
0: our our um, college triple playoff hopes rely on Michigan. Then
2: at that point, they do. Michigan needs to beat Ohio State because yeah. so. Ohio
0: State's not losing to anybody else but Michigan. No, on one, no. State,
2: so. I mean, unless somehow they have a fluke game, which I honestly, you know, don't see that happening yeah. one bit. I mean, I'll tell you what though, Rutgers had ample opportunities to get ahead of that game last week. In yeah. the first quarter, they had three field goal attempts inside the Ohio State 10-yard line. I mean, they turned two of those to touchdowns. It's a different game, second half. I know Ohio State ran away with the second half. Yeah. But, still, but, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. But we got to do the one thing first, and that is yep. beat Michigan this week.
0: Yep, let's go. All righty, everybody, I think that's the wrap it up for this episode of Montreal Madness. Again, thank you, J.D., for coming on again, and thank you, Shane, for coming thank on for you, the first Sadie. time. I would love to have you on again. Um, you know, we should do this more often. Uh, you know, just really good time with you guys, just chilling, bullshitting, talking about sports. L- love to do it. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a wrap for this episode of Montreal Madness.